Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hook them up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Might be your day off, might be Labor Day, but get them on up, get them going. It is Monday on Ian Rod V. Hook them up. We've got Texas football to talk, college football to talk. Week one in the books. The talking season is over. Game discussion season is here. As the Longhorns are 1-0, Alabama is 1-0, and they'll play on Saturday. We will uh, recap what happened this past weekend, start looking forward to the big game in Tuscaloosa. We also have a huge weekend and week in baseball. Got big news from the National Football League as well. Dallas Cowboys locking up another one of their young uh, young players. Got soccer out there. We got volleyball. We got everything for you. But uh, obviously a lot of college football to discuss after what we saw on Saturday afternoon at DKR. Longhorns beat Rice 37 to 10, but scuffled a little bit offensively. Red zone uh, ineffectiveness early. Quinn Ewers, we'll talk about it all with you throughout the course of five hours. Rise and grind with us five hours a day. Five days a week, right here on E and Rod V. And look who it is across the uh, the table from for me, as always. The shutdown corner, holding down his side of the show. Five hours a day, five days a week from DB High down in the 713. And DBU right here in the 512. Stops in four different NFL zip codes along the way. But here he is with us, a lifetime Longhorn, a football theorist who wore number 21 in your program, but always number one in our heart. He is Rod Babers. Rod B, how are you, bud? I'm doing great. I uh, appreciate the intro as always. Yes, I sir. Hope, hope you had a great weekend. Did, and did. How, how did you not have a great weekend? We had college football, actual college football. And two discuss. fantasy football drafts for this guy, right? Oh, two of them. Yeah, Friday night and yesterday. Evening. Man, you were busy. How long my, only, my only two leagues, and I got them out of the way. Done. Done. Feel good about them. Everybody feels good when they leave their fantasy draft. Like, you better. I got the team. Well, some, uh, you know what? Has it ever, have you ever had a one where you don't feel good and yes. you actually have, have a yes. good team? End no. up having a good team? <laughs> no. I, there, are, there have been moments when you leave, you're going, oh, man, I screwed that one up bad. Uh, and then it ends up working out, typically. How long does uh, do those fantasy drafts take, usually? Well, three hours. Ooh, yeah, there you go. Twelve teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I get not not really, actually. We started at 6 last night. We're done by about 8.30. About about eight. About about yeah, so we we we, we knocked it, it out pretty good. Oh man, yeah, you go. So I'm glad you. Uh, yeah, how'd you have time for that? Because I, I, I work with you. Let's just say, I was say, say it was a busy weekend. I don't know weekend. how you had time for that. Like, I was like, hold up. I remember working with you during the pregame. Shout out to uh, Mockingbird Saloon. Mockingbird great time Saloon. out there, good and times. all the folks who came out too. Really appreciate you guys coming out. And then you did the uh, the in game watch on inside with on, Texas with Owen Texas football and inside Texas. Yep. And I and that was I, a blast, by the way. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Good time. Uh, did you have a good time? Yeah. Yeah, we had great viewership, and uh, boy, it's just fun to watch the game with people weighing in, and uh, you know the inside Texas experts, Jerry Hamilton and Bobby Burton and uh, Eric Nolene. It's just a good way to watch the game and uh, turn your turn your TV down if you're not at the game and watch with us. It's all on YouTube there, the On Texas Football Channel at YouTube. Great participation. So that was a lot of fun. So yes, 
Just so you say it was a busy, busy weekend. Wow. Uh, busy weekend. You were busy yeah. too. You did the post game show uh, on Inside Texas. I was. I was. Di- I did the post game for Inside Texas and on Texas football. But I wasn't as busy as you. Like you said, you had two fantasy football drafts thrown in well, there yeah, too. We had the. Uh, the event of Lavaca Street on Thursday night. Then I had the Round Rock Hyundai thing on third, Friday afternoon yeah. with Barb, my man Patrick Davis. That was a lot of yeah. fun. I, I fortunately got out of the Round Rock Hyundai without buying a vehicle. I, they, yeah, they, I saw you. I saw you. They were trying. I saw you looking at one on social media. And I was I like, oh, I don't know what, uh, don't what do he's it. doing. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I'll talk to him on Monday and see what kind of decision no, he made. I didn't but do it. Uh, no, that's good stuff. Yeah, but you then were... I raced from there to the Shoal Creek Saloon downtown. <laughs> participate in a fantasy draft with my uh, my friends from a long time my team it's a group I've been with gosh they've been doing it they were all Fijis at UT back in the 80s and they they've been in that league together since 1989 That's they discovered wild. it's it, it's been uh, that long for them uh, so it was a lot of fun. We had that, and then we did the all game day, and then yesterday I had uh, I had the draft Man, last that, night. As so. Brent Venables would say, you were blowing and going, blowing and going. <laughs> well, you were too. Ty is here as well. We got a lot. Left. A real quick shout out. Oh, we always do this uh, to those who choose to serve. Thank uh, you very our much. society built on the selflessness of service. So all those out there who are up early who choose to serve, whether it be God, country, or community, we appreciate you, and we salute you, teachers, nurses, first responders, uh, officers of the law, soldiers, of course. All of you guys out there in so many ways, uh, we can't show you our appreciation enough. So shout out. And it is Labor Day, so absolutely true. So if you've, you've earned a day off, you've earned oh, the time off you your earned. feet, well, thank you very much and yeah. enjoy that. And uh, lock it in here on the Horn app uh, on your uh, on your Twitch channel. If you want to watch the program this morning or certainly listen on 1019 AM 1260, Horn app is always there for you as well. Hornfm.com. Ty is through the glass. Before we start talking Texas football and uh, mm-hmm. hear your thoughts, Rod, the deep dive analysis of the 37-10 win, let's get everybody caught up on a very busy Monday in sports, get you caught up on the news outside uh, around college football and outside the uh, the college football community. Top Gun Equipment Rentals bring you the news. You have plenty of Longhorn football talk throughout the morning. Can report that the 11th-ranked Longhorns have opened as a 7-7.5-point seven underdog for this week's Week 2 showdown with 4th-ranked Alabama. That's Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. Both teams won comfortably in their first games. Texas top Rice, 37-10. Bama crush Middle Tennessee State, 56-7. Elsewhere in college football, how about Sunday night action in Orlando last night? A statement win for the 8th-ranked Florida State Seminoles. Absolutely spanked 5th-ranked LSU, 45-24. FSU quarterback Jordan Travis accounted for five touchdowns, including three strikes to the Michigan State transfer, Keon Coleman. Knowles trailed the uh, Tigers 17-14 at the half, but outscored Brian Kelly's squad 31-7 in the second half. Also yesterday, the uh, Clemson transfer, DJ Uyunglele, accounted for five touchdowns, leading 18th-ranked Oregon State to a 42-17 win over San Jose State. Beavers win, capped a perfect 12-0 weekend for the soon-to-be obsolete Pac-12. That included Colorado's incredible win over TCU back on Saturday in Fort Worth. Horn Frogs' loss was one of four suffered by Big 12 teams in Week 1. Texas Tech fell in overtime to Wyoming. West Virginia got rocked by 7th-ranked Penn State, 38-15. And biggest stunner of the weekend, Texas State, the Bobcats, went into Waco and took down the Baylor Bears, 42-31. Transfer quarterback T.J. Finley threw for 298 yards and three touchdowns, ran for another one. Bobcats are in their first-ever win over a team from the Power Five under first-year head coach G.J. Kinney. In the NFL, Dallas Cowboys locked up uh, their right tackle position for the foreseeable future yesterday. Club reached an agreement on a five-year extension with Terrence Steele, $50 million guaranteed. Steele was entering the final year of his previous deal, set to be a free agent in 2023. That obviously will not happen now. Baseball, tough weekend down in Houston. Astros, the defending champs, dropped three straight to the Yankees over the weekend. Sunday night baseball last night goes to New York 6-1. to The 20-year-old Yankee phenom Jason Dominguez smacked a tie-breaking two-run homer in the sixth inning. Yankees 
get out the brooms in Houston. Scuffling Texas Rangers, meanwhile, avoided a sweep in Arlington yesterday thanks to El Bombe. It was uh, Adolis Garcia had struck out four times in his four previous at-bats against the Twins yesterday in Arlington, but was leading off the bottom of the ninth in a 5-5 game. Adolis hits that one high in the air, deep out to left, a soaring blast, gone! There it was, a home run, his 34th of the year, a 430-foot blast into the upper deck. Home run, uh, RBI number 100 on the year. Rangers get the win, just their fourth win in their last 16 games. Seattle Mariners dropped two of three to the Mets over this weekend in New York, so the lead, their lead over Texas and Houston in the L West stands at one game. And how about this, Rangers and Astros opening a huge three-game series this afternoon at Globe Life Field. It's the final regular season games. For the Lone Star Rivals this week, Houston's won six of the ten meetings so far. J.P. France and Andrew Heaney will be your starting pitchers at 3.05 today. In soccer, wasn't a win, but also not a loss for the Austin FC last night in Boston. Alexander Ring scored in the fourth minute of stoppage time as Austin played to a 2-2 draw with the New England Revolution. The Revolution had won six straight matches on their home pitch. Austin gets the draw. It's, uh, they're now 8-12-6 on the season. Good for 33 points. They currently occupy the 10th spot in the Western Conference standings. In volleyball, the defending national champion Texas Longhorns raised their championship banner to the Raptors at Gregory Gym yesterday, but then the second-ranked Stanford Cardinal killed the mood. They topped the Longhorns in their home opener in straight sets. Head coach Jared, Jared, Jared Elliott's squad now 2-2 two two on the young season. Corn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. The heat's made us crazy. Get up to $100 off select steel backpack blowers and employee pricing on all zero-turn mowers in stock this month at Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Uh, just to kind of set the tone before we talk Texas here, uh, man, the Big 12 had a disastrous. Not good. <laughs> Not good. I mean, after all the, after all the trash talk, and I still credit Brett Yarbrough for making it a topic of discussion across the country. But, damn, that was an ugly showing. That was an ugly, that was an ugly start to the season for the Big 12. The group of five uh, upsets versus the Power Five, two of them, two of them, those are them babies. In the Big 12, Texas well, State, as you talked what, about, uh, uh, over uh, Texas State was a 27 and a half point dog. And they took it to Baylor. They they, they largely outplayed Baylor for the the, <laughs> the the breath of that game. Oh, yeah. Never Beat by double digits. Never been more proud to be a Bobcat. Now he's a Bobcat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, our man, 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 man Jeff Howard's probably excited. Oh, oh yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our man Ty Henderson was uh, and living on West Campus, but driving all the way to San Marcos to go wow. to Texas State, where he six years later got a degree, which is awesome. Proud of that you, brother. Proud of you. Man, and uh, good yeah, for y'all, man. look, DJ Kenny rebuilt that roster with the fifty-two transfer players and mm-hmm. a quarterback, and TJ Finley who can really play. And uh, they they beat the brakes off the Baylor Ooh. Bears. And you remember what? Remember uh, Joey Juice? Remember what Joey Juice had to say to everybody? Joey. The country's gonna find out. Everything runs through love. Oh, everything runs through love. Maybe Laramie. He say, did he say runs? The runs in Lubbock? What runs in Lubbock, yeah. <laughs> yeah got, Wyoming. That's, that's what they got right now. They got the runs in Lubbock. I don't know about runs through Lubbock. Yeah, Wyoming uh, <laughs> stuns. They got the bubble guts. <laughs> stuns the Red Raiders. Get your guns up. We'll, we'll excuse West Virginia because they got spanked by a top-ten team uh, at Penn yeah. State. So oh, yeah, and TCU losing to De- Deion's group. I think that's a little this – is, these are a group of five teams Come that on, man. end up upsetting – Power five teams, and yeah, I told y'all Wyoming's defense wasn't. You know, it's not, they don't you push said over. Wyoming's defense was it's no not. It's not, it's not a pushover, but I didn't expect them to put finish. in. That was a great game. Great, great, man. great finish to that game in wow. overtime. And uh, so Big Twelve, don't man, that's a bad. That's ten that's, and four for the overall record, but the four losses they're huge. Well, and so Tech, uh, but Baylor, and I tweeted this yesterday. But if you if you add it up, Rod, Tech, Baylor, and mm. uh, 
TCU Come on, man. lost to the three teams who combined to win 11 games last year. Combined. <laughs> Texas State, Colorado, and Wyoming combined to win 11 games last year. Yeah. And, they, uh, and two of those were at home. Baylor and TCU both on their home field. Losing to Colorado, and can we hear a little Deion Sanders, the uh, post game mm-hmm. from Deion, who uh, was clean. never, uh, oh yeah, n- never quiet. He had a hilarious pregame speech coming up too because it was incredible. But here was uh, primetime after the win in Fort Worth with the eyes of the nation watching. Like that, I just like them to know that I know that you really ain't with me. You really ain't with us. You really don't believe. You really don't want to see me win. You don't want to see me in in in, uh, in victory or at peace and have joy. I know you don't want to see that, but I love it. It ain't nothing different. Why would I expect something different? It was like that when I played, right? So I'm just I'm playing another game. I'm just out, off the field. I'm not on the field now, but I can affect what's on the field. There you go. There you go. Mm-hmm. Hey, I, I, I know, know you're not with me. I know some of y'all wasn't believers, but I said this, and I still don't know if it's going to work. I, and I said at the time, I said, it's still a home run hire. It Just is. Just because of all the free publicity and the free media you get, you get nationally televised games, you're recruiting like gangbusters, everybody across the country. Now you can recruit anywhere because you can, you basically got a brand that was almost bigger than your brand, probably bigger than your brand. Colorado, oh, for sure it was it is. bigger than your brand, and then you combine it with yours. So even if it failed miserably, you were going to fail forward. All right, it was it was gonna you were gonna end up he was gonna end up leaving that program better than he found it, and I don't know if people predict. I know I, I think there were a couple of people that actually did predict they could pull the upset, but it didn't matter. Like it, it, all the other added value you get with Dion, what what made it worth the hire? So I said it was a brilliant hire from the jump. I didn't predict they'd beat TCU, but I did say brilliant hire. Well, I was it's on the opposite side. I thought money. TCU would cover the the twenty points. Uh, but, man, Shadur Sanders was unbelievable. Four oh, different receivers, over 100 yards receiving with that crazy, quick passing man. game. And much like Texas State with 52 transfers in, Colorado had 51 transfer players again, including the quarterback and the kids catching all the touchdowns. And it was a brilliant uh, game plan against uh, TCU, who was just on their heels the entire game. So, yeah, well, not a great weekend for the Big 12. Mm. It was a great weekend for the Pac-12, who went 12-0, and <laughs> including that, uh, that Colorado victory. Uh, but, Rod B., I, I wasn't able to hear your uh, post-game analysis with yeah. Bobby Burton on Saturday on Inside oh, no. Texas. We'll but, get into uh, it. What, uh, and now we'll go behind yeah. the burnt orange curtain coming up. But what were your initial overall opinions of what we saw from the Longhorns now that we can we have something to talk about, a game to talk yeah, about? What exactly. We and I'm glad also we started with the Big 12 so Longhorn fans just feel lucky. Like, it's all right. <laughs> just because you didn't like everything you saw. Uh, hey, you could be a Texas Tech fan this morning, or you could be Baylor. a Baylor fan this morning. Well, heck, hey, heck by the way, even, L- Lowland fans have been that been there before. Because remember after Maryland, Maryland <laughs> exactly. You're thinking exactly what I'm thinking. Like, oh, that that Monday I morning, remember after that one was of the, brutal. I was at the one at Maryland, oh. and the one that was here. Mm. I I had gone out to my buddy's lake house at LBJ, and I was mm. driving back in to do the morning show at six o'clock. Oh man! From LBJ, got up super early to get here because we just wanted to spend the uh, Labor Day weekend out there. And just thinking, man, they lost to Maryland. They Come on, to Tom Maryland. Herman. Lost, Come on, they Tom lost Herman. To Maryland. Now, Longhorn fans never forgave him for that. Honestly, by the way, they never forgave him. Not one, not once, twice, <laughs> and once after that, they dismissed their coach. Uh, Remember, they, they were going through turmoil they had as a, a player, program. Player, player died in the practice room. Yeah. Oh, so man. the Longhorns have been anyway, there where the yeah. uh, the week so one just, the week one downer. Just want to give you context, Longhorn fans. But it was fans, a week like, one just, you know, victory, thirty-seven to ten. I'll say this because on my rewatch, more impressed with the defense. 
than even I was initially when I watched it. They played a lot of players. Over 30 players oh, played they, a snap for Texas. and all in the, like, They played like defense. Defense line played like 12 guys. Yeah, that was my uh, – my as we were watching the game uh, on Inside Texas, I was thinking, man, because they, they snapped I – mean, Fox put the, the stat up that they had played 30 players already. That was like by, that was by halftime. And there was no drop-off in performance, Rod. <laughs> that there is was the, a, yes. the, bar, the The bar never changed. Yep. Whoever came on the field played to a really high level. And if you I mean yes, Rice, it's Rice. for you gamblers out there, it was <laughs> tough because Burt Auburn missed a long field goal, and then Rice went on a long touchdown drive at the end of the game. Before that touchdown drive, Rice had had amassed a total of like a hundred yards, and like under a hundred yards in the game. They weren't moving the ball. Yeah, and most of it was on one big play. Remember? Yeah, the, the one, big, one play big play where, the where David Benda drag. Yeah, they had the that, little drag route. That yeah. David Benda lost his coverage, but other than that. Because remember, Texas went four and out on their first series and, and gave Rice a field goal, essentially. Uh, but they didn't move the ball from there. And, yeah, so the defense was was on point in an A-plus for, for Pete Kwiatkowski and that side of the ball. That, yeah, to me, if you're a Longhorn fan, they're ahead of schedule. And remember, we had this discussion over and over again in the offseason. Can this defense go from good like they were last year to a great defense, even potentially an elite defense? I don't even want to jinx them. A great defense. They were, you know, go to being a top – Top twenty defense somewhere around there. Can they be that? And they can they right now? They're ahead. They're ahead of the offense. It's pretty clear. Uh, we'll get into the offense in a lot of, in a lot of ways. But the offense wasn't totally disappointing. But there was some there were some concerns on the offensive side of the ball. And if you look at you know going into the Bama game, I mean, like I said, you, you're gonna hang your hat on your defense because <laughs> right now your defense looks like it can play. It can keep you in the game. Well, and we'll hear it coming up, but that was Sark's immediate thought after the game was, you know, and let's let's be honest, it was a very vanilla game plan offensively. They weren't going to show was. much. Uh, so, you know, that's kind of the, the cloak and dagger, getting ready for next week kind of thing. It's all a game plan that doesn't show much. They'll be they'll be more dynamic with the play calling and the play playbook next week. But, yeah, you can live on defense. And Sark said the one thing I liked about our team right now is we're versatile. We can win games in a number of ways, we believe. We I can win offensively. We can Now we feel like we can win with our defense. And we we can win with our special teams, uh, and that's something I you know, with the depth that they have. But again, the offense will have to be better than it was, and we'll we'll document it and talk about it. But where they are, Quinn Ewers, of course, had his moments. He also reverted to some bad habits. I felt like at times, but uh, we'll talk about the performance of Quinn and where they are. And, and Rod, of course, will take you on the deep dive behind the burnt orange curtain, and we'll talk all things Texas football. But thirty-seven to ten, I will give you a good piece of news that, that uh, the freshman running back C.J. Baxter was back on the practice field yesterday because uh, we immediately thought it was a shoulder. That when he, I mean, he had that great long run, the cutback, the vision, cut back across the field and his best run of the day, and then he falls out of bounds on the 150-degree turf, by the way. Uh, it was a blazing hot day. I talked to so it many was. people who couldn't, couldn't. I mean, they've been to a lot of Texas games but could not stay. Uh, I think the uh, sideline reporter on the broadcast Will Matthews. Said, uh, well, yeah, I was talking about the, on, on, on the TV the broadcast. I heard that. I, I didn't, yeah, so I didn't hear what, what Will said it was, but she said her uh, whatever, her reading was like 160. Yeah. Well, I was like, that's what? I was yeah. like, what? That, yeah, well, I heard, she did it twice, though. She did it with two different monitors. Like, yeah, so. I heard uh, Will Matthews uh, report 157. It's uh, crazy. That's, that's insane. <laughs> I, I don't know if I ever played when it was that hot on the field. That's So that's that's tough to do. I mean, that's, that's uh, why they played so many guys, though. Well, they, can't, and, they kept them fresh. Well, when you wonder, something like that, look, and CDC will tell you we don't get to control kick time. That's a TV thing. TV pays all the money. They're going to put them where they are. That should have been a night game. 
Uh, look, no, no one should should play in that um, if you could avoid it. I would also say that that's going to expedite, I think, putting grass in on that field, Rod, because the, the grass wouldn't be that hot. If you were playing on natural grass, yeah. it would not. The, the part of that is that's a lot of rubber, mm-hmm. and that just that just you know. Oh, no, trust me, I remember boils. It. Mm-hmm. You can feel it on your, your, your oh, feet. <laughs> yeah, it's radiating after a while. You can your yeah, feet you are burning. Uh, so yeah, so Texas dealt with that, but C.J. Baxter back on the field. That's good news. Uh, we'll hear more from Sark today at his Monday availability, but it uh, looks like it was a rib. He fell on the ball, knocked the wind after out of big him. big run. Yeah, after the big he run. He was just getting in the groove. He, he probably would have gotten the groove and uh, might have approached getting 100 yards because that was, a, what was that, a about a 35 yard run. Yeah, close to a 40 yard run. And I, and he he that was was a great play that was flowing to the right and he cut it back. Uh, and that's that's uh, according to Jerry Hamilton on Inside Texas who we watched a lot of his games in high school in Orlando. That's one of his best attributes is his his backside vision. That's what he does. His ability to cut back and get and get back and we saw Bijan do that so many times at Texas. But look, they'll need CJ Baxter because he's there to me, he's their best between the tackles runner. Jonathan Brooks again showed he's got that speed on the outside on that first touchdown for Texas of the year. Some tackle breaking ability yeah. showed that too. Well, and that then, was a very that was almost the same play they, they ran in the in the Alamo Bowl against Washington that Jonathan Brooks scored a touchdown where the the flow of the of the play was all yes. to the left and he throws back it's, to the right. Yeah, because they go uh, it's it's twenty one personnel. They go K Rob. They motion him fly motion out to the the wide side and then I love the half roll by Quinn. Yeah, that's what really makes. Right, that's what all the defense. Everybody who's reading him, they all they all go. Trust me, when he does that half roll, the safety rolls that way. Linebacker, he's persuaded, influenced to go that way. And then, uh, and the guy you faked it to, by the way, because it was a play action fake. The guy you fake it to, that's the guy that ends up leaking out into the flat on the boundary. Oh, it's it's a beautiful play. It's design. a good play. It's trust a beautiful play. Design. Well, don't don't think because we saw it in the Alamo Bowl in the second half. Yeah. And we saw it here. Don't think there won't be something off of that on Saturday night in Tuscaloosa. There'll be something that looks like that play, mm-hmm. and, t- and Alabama will have it snuffed out. But I, I bet you there's something else off of it. Yeah, right. That uh, it should be because because uh, it's one of those you know game planning strategies. If you're Sark, look, look, they've seen this now twice in our last two games. We're going to run it, but we're going to do something else off of it, and uh, maybe something they haven't seen yet. That's the kind of stuff I think or, you install for this. Or running for a different personnel package. Yeah. Exactly. From it, well, let's make it look different. Let's hear the uh, let's hear the Fox TV call of that uh, first touchdown of the year. If you had uh, Jonathan Brooks on your bingo card, I did you not have J.T. Sanders. Damn it! Says Quinn Ewers back at the controls. He will roll and spin and throw it for Jonathan Brooks, and the sophomore tailback is gone. Touchdown, Texas! There it is. There it is. Down the house. Speed. Speed to the outside, and Rice was caught out of, out of position on that play. And expect to see something similar with something well, off of it on it, Saturday. It was a good move because Rice was being aggressive. They were. So we can kind of get into some of the you know, things that Longhorn fans didn't like uh, about what they saw was the inability of the offensive line to pass protect consistently. Especially on the interior run. Uh, especially on the interior. And I, I will say that, not uh, trust me, I, I don't want to be the guy that keeps beating this dead horse, but you even heard me bring it up on this show. And I, I brought it up on every damn show I've been on. I went, I went back and watched every sack. Last season, all of them, and what game did I keep bringing up that stood out out Baylor, of all those games? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, because he's like, I'm trying to hear about, yeah, Baylor, Baylor. Exactly. Well, there were times during five, the broadcast we were they, talking about this looks like Baylor a little bit they, last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly. They, they, they watched that game. They watched the same game Rod B watched and went, huh? You know what? Those simulated pressures and those amoeba fronts or ghost fronts and then twisting stunts they work really well against Texas. 
Dave Aranda might have found something. Now, Dave Aranda as a head coach, we talk about that very different. Ooh. But Dave Aranda as a defensive mind, we all know he's pretty brilliant. And they got five sacks that day against Texas. And most of them, probably four of those five, were either what they call simulated pressures. That's when you line up six, seven guys across. You make, basically make, make it look like a blitz. Make it look like a blitz. It's supposed to smell like a blitz. It's supposed to show blitz. It walks and talks like a blitz, but it ain't a blitz. It's a, it's a pressure. You're sitting four guys, but the offensive line doesn't know which four. You're going to send and which guys you're going to drop. And if you can do twists and stunts and loop those guys, you can confuse the uh, the pa- you can confuse whatever their pass protection is and force those old linemen to communicate and pass off defenders post-snap. And that's what they struggled with. They struggled with it in that Baylor game, and they struggled with it versus Rice. And they also, Rice added something new. They brought second-level defenders in the blitz with twists and stunts. Also, now something you can do, it's still the same concept, though. Make those O-linemen pass off defenders in pass protection and make them communicate post-snap. They're not very good at it, and Alabama's coming. Yeah, Alabama's coming with and the with uh, that same game plan. By the better way, better players than Baylor <laughs> or or Rice. Right. Yeah. Now I will say again, we'll just we'll get into the deep dive stuff, and I can't wait to hear your analysis. And I know our audience can't either on this Monday, even though it's Labor Day. They're up and uh, and at them, and we appreciate everybody on the Specs text line this morning. But then Rod will take you behind the scenes. But look, I mean, big picture, I, it was what I thought. Rice was a good opponent to start, right? There was sixth year in a program for Mike Bloomgren. He feels like this is his best team. They've got some pieces. Uh, they built the program, you know, the way they want. So this was a team that was going to come in and play and, and give Texas some problems and show them some problems. They can go back to work on that. Obviously, no excuses. They're, they they got some issues up front. I do think when Hayden Connor started a left guard, when Neto came in, Umi Azolo, how do I say his last name? Is that right? Umi? Umi Azolo. Umi Azolo. Who came in and yeah. he, they, he was playing. That long run for C.J. Baxter came when Neto came in and was playing left guard next to Kelvin Banks. Mm-hmm. And that left side, all of a sudden, they got some push in the run game. Hayden Connor slid over to the right side. I, that, that's the kind of stuff you wonder what Kyle Flood and Sark are going to do this week to get your best five offensive linemen on the, on the field because you're going to have to run the ball. But it is good news that, that Jonathan Brooks and C.J. Baxter should be there. And if that defense can travel to, to Tuscaloosa, you'll have a chance because that defense was outstanding, Rod. And really, the, the highlight of the game for Texas was that third quarter. Sark, Sark called it a thing of beauty. They came out in the third quarter, got three quick stops, scored three quick touchdowns, they got into rhythm offensively like they weren't in the first half, and really dis, you know, took it, you know, created the separation to where the fourth quarter was all about uh, getting young guys on the field. So uh, the, the first half, uh, the third down conversions were not there. The offense was sputtery. Yeah. I want your analysis on what you saw and why. Okay. Uh, also, the defense was on point all day. All day. Jalen Ford with another interception. Oh, he, man, he's so great One-handed pick. <laughs> he's so great in coverage. Uh, you also had the pick by Austin Jordan. You had some sacks in there. They pressure. got three turnovers, which was really good. How about Tavondre Sweat? Tavondre oh, Sweat. That dude at 360 pounds he's is going, a wrecking shot. He's going to demand a double team consistently, and that's going him and Byron Murphy. You yeah, want, you want to double team both of them dudes. Well, remember the whole month long during the training camp reports, we kept hearing the uh, the defensive line was just a problem. <laughs> was a problem for the offensive line, and both of those things showed up in game one that the yeah. offensive line struggled, and the Texas D line. I mean, they're going ten deep. They're they bringing really in guys are. like Chris Ross, yeah. the redshirt freshman out of North Shore, who's got. Quick twitch off the edge. Hey, I like I like the mechanic too. The mechanic, e- Ethan, Ethan Burke. Burke yeah. He missed a sack. He, he should have had one. He could have had two. Yeah, he should. Yeah. Should have had two sacks he in his first two, start. Right? Yeah, no doubt. All right, we'll come back. Rod, we'll go behind the burn orange curtain. We'll talk all things college football. The Big Twelve not so hot because everything goes through Lugbook. Remember, uh, Aggies. We'll get into the Aggies too. All of college football, the good, the bad, and the ugly from Week One. Happy Labor Day. We're coming back. 
Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers. Hook them up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. There it is. Uh, Chris Bennett on, on point. Already says uh, with the CD? tweet. CDC. Chris Del Conte says the plan is to build the indoor practice facilities. Estimated starting in December of 2024. Ready for spring 26. Mm-hmm. First, then by fall 2026, natural grass will be in place. So 2026, the... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Natural grass. Before we get into the uh, behind the burn orange curtain with Rod on the uh, Texas win over Rice, the good, the bad, and the ugly, what uh, what did you make of Florida State last night? How about a statement for the Knowles? It looked good, man. Uh, pulled away from yeah, we, LSU. Just pulled away from them late. Great adjustments. And uh, Brian Kelly yeah. was running uh, running some smack before that game mm-hmm. about buying stock in the Tigers. And uh, FSU, we knew, we knew whoever was going to win that game last night was would be a statement for either side. But for FSU to do it emphatically like that, and Jordan Travis, they were – Sixth-year quarterback uh, to to be that impressive, and the Michigan State transfer receiver Keon Coleman was really good. I mean, uh, Florida State in that ACC. Remember, they play Clemson in th- in two weeks or three weeks. Oh yeah, man, they, it, that, that, they're going to skyrocket potentially to number one if they they do. They beat Clemson. Yeah, they might. That's beat. at Clemson too. That's that's Oof. a huge game. I think on September twenty third. Yeah, because you you when we did the preview of these teams, we saw well, Clemson and Florida State play week four. Uh, early, so yeah, FSU with a, with two top ten teams in the first month of the season to to stake their claim. So they certainly did last night. One of the more impressive wins of the of the of the weekend uh, for sure, Rod B. Yeah, no doubt. That's uh, that's to me, Florida State right now. Uh, it's crazy. It's a great job that Mike uh, Mike Norvell's done uh, bringing that program. He's done it via the transfer portal. Really, the the. The, the theme the of this of the season is going to be is pretty much Deion Sanders. What he bring in eighty something new players, sixty something via the transfer portal. Uh, but year before that, it was Lincoln Riley and what he had done. Right, he had brought in unprecedented amount of players via the transfer portal to revamp that program and overhaul it in one year. Deion just did it. G, uh, G. J. Kenny, as you talked about, he did the same thing with fifty something players in his first year. Yeah. That's 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 gonna new thing. It's, it's uncomfortable because it's unprecedented, and we're not used to it. So that's why a lot of people I think were against Dion. It really wasn't, you know, Dion. Everybody likes Dion. It was just people were uncomfortable because they haven't really seen never this, seen it done before. Yeah, this method before. And it, by the way, you couldn't you couldn't do this three four years Correct, ago? Illegal. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's right now. I think we're gonna start seeing that that model. All right, be be replicated when t- when new coaches take over. Because uh, you're talking about the free market essentially hitting college sports, and they're going to start treating them like professionals. It's, you know, it's the good and the bad of amateurism dying a slow death in America. <laughs> Slower than it should have been, by the way. But uh, here yeah, we are. Yeah, no, you're but right. you're right. I mean, a hundred years. <laughs> that, that is the theme. That, I mean, that's that's the biggest story of the weekend: the transfer portals and how quickly man. you can overhaul a team and, and overhaul the roster. 
and uh, Colorado did it. Looks like G.J. Kinney. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that thing with, you know, because Baylor fans are frustrated with Dave Aranda to lose and, that game. But, man, that, that that's a good-looking team. I mean, they they their quarterback, I mean, they mm-hmm. we talked all offseason about them. Holes. They were bringing in guys from Oklahoma, Arkansas, or SEC schools. It yeah, wasn't man. just they were bringing in. And this is where a, a program like that can you, – you, you pluck the bottom part of the roster of a really good program and guys who are disgruntled or want to come back home or whatever the reason is – and G.J. Yeah. Kenny did a heck of a job yeah. uh, in week one. You got to get – I'll give – man, people don't want to give Lincoln Riley credit, but he's. I think he was like the first. Yeah, And, and he people did. criticized him for it, didn't like what he did, and stole most of them. Not stole. Um, <laughs> uh, poached guys and got guys from the transfer portal, even who were from Oklahoma who wanted to play for Lincoln Riley. And Dion just took it to the extreme. And G.J. Kenny has also taken that model. And I think a lot of other uh, coaches who get jobs, they're going to be aggressive in that transfer portal. Maybe not as extreme as Dion because he's a unique example, but as aggressive as they can be. Probably as, as aggressive as, G, as G.J. Kinney was. Yeah, you can fill a lot of holes real quick. That's, and then you got the NIL. That also, they're inex, inextricably linked they as are. well. They are. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we've got uh, that going on around college football. We'll take your good, bad, and ugly from the weekend. And, uh, and we've got the Longhorns. Let's go behind the burnt orange curtain, though. Rod's first uh, deep dive of the Longhorns, 37-10, to 10, went over the Rice Owls. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, now the question is where to start. <laughs> yeah, where do you start, uh, I mean, Rod? There's so many different places. I guess everybody wants to talk about Quinn Ewers, so should we just start with Quinn? And the Quinn Ewers and the... the the deep ball. That's what everybody. That's pretty much the, where the disappointment started for Longhorn fans with Quinn Ewers was the deep ball. Because if you look at the way you know he performed, a lot of short to intermediate. I thought he was he was pretty good, especially considering it was a vanilla game plan. Uh, Texas was 0 of six on the deep ball. They worked on it all off season. Um, it hasn't really improved, or at least in the, the first showcasing of it, it hasn't improved. Uh, last year, they were eighth worst in the Big 12 in deep ball completion rate. And it looks like this season they may struggle with it as well. I think, and this is my thoughts on it, E, I just don't think Quinn Ewers is a natural good deep ball thrower. It doesn't mean he doesn't have the golden arm. His arm, he obviously can get it there, but this is about placement and accuracy and anticipation. There are a lot of things that go into it. I always say just, just because you're well-endowed doesn't mean you're a great lover. All right, just because you got a golden arm doesn't mean you're always going to be able to complete the deep ball. No, there are a lot of nuances to completing that deep ball. A lot of nuances to being a great lover, right? You got you got to be into the details. And I just don't think he's he's a great deep ball thrower. The problem with that is that makes him just a little somewhat incompatible with Sark, who is, as we know, it goes it goes beyond you know preference and proclivity. He has a compulsion and obsession with the deep ball. All right, that he's a it's a big part of his offense. He said he's not going to dial it down. He's going to throw the deep ball. And Texas was 0 of 6 on the deep ball throws. Now, I don't think it stalled the offense or anything, but um, I, I, I wonder when Sarkin, maybe it's against Alabama, will be willing to just build the offense around the short and the intermediate game and the rhythm throws and the high percentage throws for his young quarterback instead of forcing the deep ball. And, 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 and in addition to the inefficiency of the deep ball, um, e, it's also the timing of it. First I, down a lot of times. Oh, man. I, I'm glad you got the observation because I got the stat to back it up for you. I went back and looked at 2022 to see what downs they threw the most D-balls on. Of course, it's first down. 48%. 48% 
of the deep balls were thrown on first down last season. And in this game, you know how many were thrown deep balls? Four of the six. Yeah. So he's actually he, it's actually increased the uh, and so it's it's not just that they're inefficient. That's okay. I mean, you have strengths and weaknesses on a team. Everybody has that. Everybody's got to deal with that. But it's also the timing of them. I had an offensive coordinator tell me, you know, first downs, you know, third down is to, you're trying to get a first down. Like that's the only goal of your third down is to move the chains. Second down, the goal is to get into a favorable situation for third down, right? You want a favorable third down. And the purpose of first down usually is to set the tone, right, for the offensive coordinator. That's when you can really set the tone whether you want to, hey, hey, we want to pound the rock. We want to get back to the running game. We want to get my quarterback in the rhythm. That with the mission of the offensive coordinator, you can really kind of tell from first down. And Sark's mission is to try to strike fear into the hearts of his opponents. And he does that with the deep ball. Problem is, when he doesn't convert them, E, I think it does more damage. It's self-inflicted wounds than it actually inflicts on the opponents. Yeah, because then it's second and ten. Yeah, you're uh, not a James. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, look, I mean, you know, my biggest concerns for Texas, look, they gained 458 yards. They gained 6.1 yards per play. They ran 75 plays and scored 37 points. But, but what have we talked about all month, Rod? Uh, here with Ian Rod B. Steve Sarkeesian started camp talking about the uh, the money downs of football, right? Really drilling down on, mm-hmm. and then they weren't good on third down. I mean, they were four for thirteen on third down, and that three of those came, three of those conversions came late in the game. Um, you know, the, the, their their efficiency in the red zone, their efficiency on third down, whether it was because they threw a deep ball on first down and then were were second and ten. Either way, they just weren't good on third down in, in the first half. Third quarter, they came out, and Rod looked to me like, and what did you see in that third quarter? It looked like they went to a lot of RPO, yep. a lot of quick game, Yep, got Xavier Worthy involved, yep. and no uh, got the ball out of, out of Quinn Ewers' hands quickly. And I want to say, I'll go back and make sure and look at my notes, but for Quinn, I want to say it was only one deep ball in the second half, if I'm not mistaken. I'll go back and make sure. But mo- there were more deep balls in the first half, is my point. Than in the second half for, uh, for Quinn, and so I I do because I'm not saying stop throwing him because it's not going to happen. Sark has already said it's going to happen. He's going to throw, it. but I, I think for Sark, he believes that the D ball is a you know a crucial part of his offense. When it doesn't convert, I do think he he starts to have play calling insecurity because he thinks his offense is inadequate. <laughs> and then he starts to chase it a little bit. And I was just like the TLC song, you know, don't go chasing waterfalls. Please stick to the rivers and the you know, rivers and the lakes that you're used to. Rivers and lakes would be the short to intermediate game. And the waterfall would be the deep ball. And he chases it. And you don't, you know, you want to make big plays. You don't want to chase big plays. And Sark at times chases him because he's a big game hunter. And he doesn't like quail and he doesn't like game birds. He's want to go on the African plains and he wants to mount a head on his wall. <laughs> and he wants it to be sexy and aesthetically pleasing and get the crowd on their feet. And I, there is a there's some value to that, but there's also a, a lot of value that's taken away when you're putting your, as you said, e, your team behind the chains. And I think what they did in the second half is they just stayed ahead of the chains. You know, uh, and I saw this on the Longhorn Network, yards uh, to gain on third down for Texas. Mm-hmm. In that game, eight point nine. Yeah, see, that's not that. The, oh. the, if that's close to that against Alabama, they won't keep exactly. it within double no digits. Sh- yeah, they won't no be shot. within double digits in the game. They've got to be ahead of the chains. Now, look, poor Rice on the other side was trying to do the same to Texas. They were trying to get themselves into third and manageable against this Texas defense, and they couldn't. Uh, Texas kept pushing them into the backfield, but you know Texas has to be better next week. Look, I mean, yeah. it, you know, the, the the numbers are nice. I mean, I thought Jaden Blue played a good game. With oh, love ten carries for fifty five yards. He had a five and a half yards per carry average. Jonathan Brooks was four point three. C.J. Baxter five carries forty one yards. He had that thirty eight yard 
long run and then got hurt. We didn't get to see him take off. Even Quinn Yours ran eight times for 32 yards, Rod. Uh, he showed a little bit, uh, had a 20-yard run in there. And for the second game, the second time in the last three games, he has ran that zone read and he kept it and ran touchdown. a touchdown. Yeah. And that's just just good to have that on film so that the opponents can't just tee off on the running back there. They have to be disciplined. So I, I'm with you. And I like the fact that he scrambled a little bit. He says he feels lighter. He says he feels more athletic. So he felt, you know, the big last season because he was a little thick and maybe didn't feel as athletic. And I'm glad now that he, he feels like he can scramble. Yeah. And get those easy yards. There are still sometimes with Quinn yours rod, and you can. What I see is sometimes when they do those play actions, and he's turning his footwork still isn't quick enough in my mind. That's why the RPO is better. When, yeah, when the RPO yeah. with him is really comfortable in that role. I don't. And I heard Bobby Burton say this when we were doing our Inside Texas uh, watch game in game watch. He doesn't like when when they're they're in tight formations with with Quinn, like when they ran that went forward on fourth down the second time. Uh, and it got okay. blown up. I mean, I, some of the compressed, condensed sets. Condensed sets. Yes. You know, spread it out a little bit. I, I can't wait to see what this game plan looks like against Alabama because I know it's going to look nothing like we saw against Rice. And you Sark, hope Sark, it. Sark, you hope it. Well, I, I, I trust it's going to. And I heard Sark in the post game say, you know, we've been working on Bama all, all summer. I mean, the Bama game plan has been worked on all summer. The Rice game plan, not as much, right? See, they, I, hey, I, I told y'all that. I was like, man, they ain't worried about Rice. And that, yeah. that it looked like it too. It did. Offensively. It, did. it, it did. looked like they were not worried about Rice. And their defense was just dominant. And what was sixteen to three at the half very well should have been twenty eight to three, right? I mean, they, they, the offense converts, and in the second half they they lit it up in that third quarter. Xavier Worthy ended with seven catches for ninety yards. Uh, Jatavion Sanders just two catches, but also that forty four yard catch and run for the touchdown right up the seam. Jonathan Brooks caught two balls for forty two. Uh, uh, Adnai Mitchell, Ad Mitchell. Only two catches, 26 yards in that touchdown on the uh, the great route. I also thought uh, AD missed some blocks in there, Rod. Rod, there was a, there was a screen pass where he needed fourth to down. give Jordan Whittington a block. The fourth down play, mm-hmm. he missed a block. So I'm assuming that's something that uh, they're working on this week. Because you got you know the receivers, you're going to create those plays on the outside. Everyone's got to get their man. Because that was the thing that was frustrating about the first quarter and the first half. It felt like on a couple of those big plays, it was you know the first fourth down. Quinn just missed the throw, right? Quinn threw it at uh, J.T. Sanders' leg. They're down, down on his kneecaps. That's just a bad throw. And then on the other fourth down they went for and didn't get, they, they two guys missed blocks. Gunnar Helm and A.D. Mitchell missed blocks. And you're just you're not going to – if you're going to run the ball in that spot, you got to get everybody hat on a hat. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, there's some obviously some concerns uh, and th- th- things to address for Texas coming out of that game. And the D ball continues to be one of them. Um, yeah, short yardage, fourth down, mm-hmm. maybe one of them pass protection. And the <laughs> interior when they do those ghost fronts, yeah. as you call them. Uh, so we'll, we'll get into that a little bit deeper. But uh, I know people – and I, I think for Sark, though – he he in the in the Bama game, and I'm with you. I have hope and I have faith in Sark that he will, you know, tailor that game plan to Quinn Ewers' strength. And let's just admit now, with enough sample size, that his strength is not the deep ball. It's period. It it's okay. It's okay. I'm not saying he's never going to well, complete the a deep ball, the- but that is definitely not his strength. And I, that's why he's insecure about it. That's why he doesn't step into throws. That's why he's not out there slanging it with confidence on deep throws. He's his, trying to aim it a little bit. Yes, he's confident on his short, intermediate throws. That's when he starts slinging it. So, for Sark, get him in a rhythm first. Don't chase him because when you throw it on first down, it tells me you're chasing it. Let it come naturally within the offense. It'll come. There'll be opportunities second and short. There'll be opportunities you know, for you third and short because you want to go for it on fourth down. Yeah. If it's a, the right situation and you can throw it on third and third and short, just I say stay ahead of the chains with it. Don't let it you know put you behind the chains. 
And we'll see because life and football are both constant struggles deciding between what you want to be and what you need to be. And Sark wants to be an offense that can threaten every layer of the field and every level and even with the deep ball. But that's not what you are and what you need to be. What you need to be is short, intermediate games. Don't go chasing waterfalls, rivers and lakes. Well, I will say that the uh, – and you're right, it's not a great deep ball throw. we got to get a timeout. We'll come back with our What the Fact segment from the first weekend of college football. So the baseball side of things, uh, which is big time today up there in Arlington. I'll say this, the, uh, the, 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 the second or third deep throw, the one he threw to Xavier Worthy down the right side was open. He just let it drift out of bounds. I mean, that, that very well should have been a touchdown because X-Man had beaten his guy pretty they, badly. They were all open. Yeah. I think they, all the guys had separation. Yeah. It wasn't receivers. That, I mean, it was, yeah. somebody, it was more the offensive line protection and Quinn. Though. You're right. You're right about that. Interior line and Quinn yeah. not being accurate on those deep shots. We'll come back. It'll be what the facts, including uh, Travis Hunter, the Colorado Transfer, what a performance, something we've never seen before. We'll tell you about it next. Aaron Hogan, Rod Paper, Austin, Texas Sports, the Horn. Time for Just the Facts. Yeah, that's what we do. We bring you Just the Facts. What the Facts? Some opinions, but the facts. Hey, Rod, mm-hmm. do you know that uh, Colorado Phenom, Travis Hunter, remember Travis was the number one recruit in the nation when he came out of uh, Florida State of Florida, and ended up going to Jackson State to play for Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Now he's in Colorado with Deion. Oh, yeah. He's uh, the top corner, but he's also playing wide receiver. His game on Saturday was something football's never seen before. In college seasons, if college seasons lasted 17 games like the NFL, uh, Travis Hunter would be on pace for 2,448 snaps. I know. <laughs> Travis Hunter's stats are fun. Now you're going to be like Shohei Otani stats. Yeah. Is he the Shohei Otani of football right well, now? Well, Dion said going into this game that he that Travis Hunter wants to play both ways in college and in the pros. I don't know if he can have it in the NFL, but in college, he can prove he can do so. I don't know if he should do it every game. Do it for the big games. Just do it on the big games. Like the big, like you got a nationally televised game, big game. Well, they're playing a, Nebraska this weekend, nationally televised. Yeah, because you'll wear them out, right? You could potentially have them injured. You don't want to do that. So I would only do it for big games. I would, I would, I would kind of you know throw him out there. But right now, he wants to put him in a Heisman conversation. and He's there. How about this? I got, I got, I got a stat for a Travis Hunter stat. Like I said, that's like Shohei stats. They're fun. <laughs> um, he played uh, eighty snaps on defense versus TCU per uh, per Pro Football Focus. Only seven Power Five defensive players played more yesterday. Uh, and among all Power Five defenders who played fifty plus snaps, he led. He basically was uh, had the seventh best grade overall for them. He lined up at receiver, slot receiver, wide corner, slot corner, and in the box. <laughs> the five different places on the overall on defense and offense. Great. Unbelievable! And that offensive coordinator was uh, was on point, uh, dialing up the the quick game and the four oh, different receivers over hundred yards. They're fun to watch. Two different receivers with eleven catches. Shadur yeah. Sanders over five hundred passing yards. You know, for it was a fact, Rod, that Colorado signed Deion Sanders to a $29.5 million deal. Straight cash only. And they didn't even have the money to pay for it. Mm-hmm. They, 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 right. they signed it, and they don't have the cash. you got to go on faith sometimes. Eh? Sometimes you got to go on faith. <laughs> when they quoted, they're saying, faith. we don't have the money yet, but we'll, we'll have it. We'll get it. Yeah. We'll get it. Well, we'll Buff it. fans d- donated a record $28 million to the athletic Damn department. Right. They sold out season tickets for the first time in 27 years. So Dion got his And his, his merchandising sales are yep. up like 700%. And he's he's wearing it on, on camera all the time. Everybody's like, Dan, that's a, that's a clean sweatshirt. I wonder if I can look that up and go get that. Hey. Uh, he's selling it. And uh, I don't know if he gets a piece of it, but he did say he wants to bring back Colorado baseball. 
That's his goal. He wants to raise so That's much so money. Cool. They bring it back. He's of course a major league baseball player uh, too. Yeah, he loves go. the game. He's got love. Yeah, he loves baseball. Uh, yeah. Lionel Messi and Inter Miami. Rod, just the facts. Went to L.A. last night one. to play LAFC. Uh, how about this? LAFC. By the way, they won it three to one, and Messi did it again. Messi mania went to Hollywood. At, at last night's game, LeBron James, Leo DiCaprio, James Harden, Tyga, Tom Holland, Selena Gomez, Prince Harry, Meghan Markle. Caleb Williams all attended the game, and that's according to a release from wow. the LAFC. That's amazing. <laughs> they put out that's legit. He, they put out uh, uh, who was showing up. It was a Hollywood show. Well, gosh, look, keep on going. Um, Clayton that's Kershaw legit. was there. Magic Johnson was there. Mario Mario Lopez was there. <laughs> the real star. Power, <laughs> the real <huh>? star, right? <laughs> Ed Norton showed up. Look at that list of people. They went to see Messi. Cool. That is cool, but yeah. uh, hey, man, you get like I said, you only Mookie bets. You don't know how long you gonna get it. You know he's gonna be playing. You, this is a rare Jay, opportunity. Ted Lasso himself was there, watching time. the soccer. Uh, Jason Sudeikis showed up for the three to one win for Inter Miami. Austin FC played to a two two draw with New England. The Revolution yesterday. I got a stat for you. Give me a stat. Um, you said the Pac-12, 13-0 and um, for the first uh, week one of college football week season. Week one and two. USC's 2-0 and already. Uh, in the last 40 years, the only conference to start the season 13-0. and Pac-12, baby. On their final How year. How about that? Pac-12. On final yeah. descent. <laughs> right? Isn't that crazy? They're right. they, this is the, the best start for the Pac-12 in 40 years. And you're right. Now it's their swan song. It's it's sad, but also pretty cool. Listen, and, and by the way, they got all. We talked about this in our previews. They got all the best quarterbacks. They got all. They the got monopoly on the best quarterbacks well, look right how now. Good they played. I mean, Washington mm-hmm. rolled it up with Michael. Penix. And now Shadur Sanders is really in that Shador conversation. Shadur Sanders, uh, <laughs> Caleb Williams is DJ, won the Heisman. DJU. DJU accounted played for five well. touchdowns yesterday yeah, for Oregon dude. State. Pac-12 quarterbacks right now look fantastic. Locked in. Mm-hmm. Hey, looking forward to this afternoon. Astros and Rangers. Ghost Rose. Astros uh, and Rangers tied. For second place in the AL West, Astros got swept by the Yankees this weekend. That didn't taste very Ooh, good. Man, can I give you a stat about uh, GJ Kinney and Texas State's win? This is a good stat too. Give it I to just me. Found uh, according to Chris Hummer, um, well, it was Texas State's first ever win over a Power Five opponent. Yeah, that's right. That's true. They've never beaten a Power Five. Well, I, didn't, I didn't realize that either. That, yeah. that, 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 that's crazy. That's never won. Wow. And now they have. And GJ Kinney, dude, give it GJ Kinney. Yeah, coming in. I like it, man. Yeah, well. It's great. Also, it's a fact. Vegas Sportsbooks have the Longhorns as a 7-7.5-point seven seven underdog. Remember last year when they played at home to Alabama, they were a 20-point underdog. Yeah. They're just a touchdown dog at Tuscaloosa. Hmm. We will see. Point total at 52.5 for the showdown in Bama. Ooh, I'm ready. Yeah, we are I'm certainly ready. ready. I'm uh, ready. Saturday night. We'll get you all the details there. Coming up next, though, more on the Rice win. We'll hear from Sark in the immediate postgame. His thoughts on his team's 37-10 victory coming back. There's some facts with Ian Rodby.